Suspend your disbelief. Let yourself be led down a path into the world of the paranormal, where ghosts, shadow people, cryptids, aliens, and all things supernatural dominate. Immerse yourself in a dimension of ominous trepidation with your hosts, Dan, Danny, and Rachel. Welcome to the Phantom Faction Podcast. Welcome to this edition of Phantom Faction Podcast. I'm Danny. I'm Dan. And I'm Rachel. And uh, yeah, got together once again uh, via Zoom. Brand so. new year, and we had a little bit of a lag there in the first little bit uh, of January because we kind of lost our mojo and, mm-hmm. you know, the weather and the COVID and all yep. sorts of negative stuff going on in the universe. But uh, we're, we're back on track, and we've got a, a really cool guest and someone who I've been looking forward to talking to for quite a while. And we have a gentleman here by the name of Kawani Lapsaritis. And he is the author of Psychic Sasquatch and the Sasquatch People. And uh, hello, sir. How are you? I'm fine. I'm just fine. Thank you uh, for Ka- having me on the show. Well, thank you for being here. Uh, Kawani, um, I found out about you with uh, through your book, uh, your second book, I believe, The Sasquatch People, and it really quite a different outtake or and and look at uh, the phenomena known as Sasquatch, and goes way beyond um, a lot of people's ideas of it being just some undiscovered huge hominid that's running around the forests of the world, and speaks more to the paranormal. Uh, supernatural side of things. Um, can you tell us where it all began for you and where you kind of figured out where that uh, it, was, it wasn't It was just some physical flesh and bone creature and, and there was far more to it? Well, to start off, uh, uh, I'm a social scientist, a crypto anthropologist, uh, that's been researching the Bigfoot Sasquatch phenomena for 65 years now. And uh, I've uh, even been into the Himalayas investigating the Yeti back in 1968. First first week of September, 1979, I was living in Milwaukee, Wisconsin uh, working for the First Nations uh, people. And uh, I was invited out to a farm that a one of the Indian people had purchased. Uh, and uh, uh, out there is uh, a Sasquatch started talking to me. And uh, I was a bit shocked by it all. I was not afraid. I was just confused. And... Uh, uh, he said to me, I am the Sasquatch man, and I have been watching you for many years now, longer than you know or understand. And uh, uh, I, it made me nervous at first because wh- whenever I was thinking, he would answer me, and I realized that was mental telepathy. Was in, started to interact with the, this Sasquatch, and then I walked into the middle of this field uh, I was very nervous about the mental telepathy. It was just, it seemed odd to me, of course. Uh, and then all of a sudden, a very sophisticated uh, voice said to me, and I am a star person, and I too have been watching you for many years. 
now, longer than you know or understand. And I looked around and I said, geez, I don't see anything here. And he said, oh, well, every time I thought of something, he would answer me. And he said, oh, well, right now I'm in another dimension above you in a UFO, as you people call it. It was their way of telling me it's a Bigfoot UFO connection. So um, I went back to the five Native Americans that were discussing with the medicine man, a traditional medicine man about the property. And uh, I kind of snuck in and sat down uh, on, the, on the grass in the field where they were talking. And one of them said, oh, you should build your sweat lodge over there. And uh, the head of house said, no, I will not build it there. And the medicine man spoke up and said, I think that's an excellent place uh, for a sweat lodge. Head of house said, no, I will not build it there. The star people have been landing their spaceships there and I don't want to disrupt their activity. And I, I couldn't believe that they were, what I experienced was real. That told me a lot right there. And uh, I got up and I uh, ran back to the house, just get up and left them. I just sort of startled me, all of this stuff. Uh, I waited there and about 10 minutes went by and they all came walking down from laying back of the field. And uh, the head of house came up to me and said, uh, uh, I saw you with my guard dog. My best friend can't get near that dog, but you were hugging him. And uh, I, I didn't know what to say uh, about that. And then all of a sudden he said, and the Sasquatch people are also uh, interested in, in with you. And so that surprised me. I decided I wasn't going to ever tell anyone about any of this stuff because it figured uh, they're not going to believe me and I'll look foolish. But two nights later, quarter to three in the morning, I still remember, this is back 1979, uh, a voice said to me, wake up, my friend, we are here. And I opened my eyes and I was facing the wall and I thought, geez, a burglar must have broken in. And when I roll over, I'm expecting a gun in my face. But when I rolled over, there were two Sasquatch standing there in my apartment in Milwaukee. They're interdimensional. They later told me they have access to eight different dimensions. So they started visiting me there uh, for almost two months, they would come and every few days they would show up at night and wake me up the same way and talk to me. So uh, this was my introduction to them. I told them, I'm not going to tell anybody about this. And they said, no, you're supposed to tell people. We have chosen you to educate the public. We want you to write about it. So I started taking professional writing courses at Marquette University at night. I already had my master's degree. I have four degrees. And uh, uh, I did teach anthropology uh, briefly at a New England college back in the early 70s. So uh, I also did an ethnographic study amongst the Takuna Indians of Upper Amazonia in conjunction with the Columbian Institute of Anthropology. So I was documenting everything that was happening and I uh, have published two books on the subject. Uh, they told me that they want me to write a third book, and but they want to take me through a portal to this other parallel dimension where they live a, a great deal of the time. And they want me to live with them for a while and come back and write my third book about what I experienced. 
they've contacted me well over a thousand times and I've documented 371 percipients that have had telepathic communication with the psychic Sasquatch. Uh, three of them were physicians, one was an attorney, uh, two were college professors, and two were scientists uh, that had experienced this. So uh, I've been speaking on this uh, at over 100 conferences over the years and over 500 radio and television talk shows to educate the public that these are not monsters, they're not animals, they're incredibly evolved people, a nature people that are very evolved, that have been living here for millions of years. And uh, uh, to shoot one would be murder. So anyway, my I've been educating the public about my experiences with them. I'm here to share now on, on your show. Before you had uh, your psychic connection, uh, the visit um, out with the, the native people, what, what were your thoughts on Bigfoot prior to that? Were you, was it something that you were interested in or was it something you just kind of, well, you know, you, everybody has seen the, the Patterson film and, and uh, like, what were your thoughts on prior to that? Prior to that, my first introduction to the Sasquatch people was in 1956. And uh, uh, I believed them from the very beginning that they were a people. This was in a magazine uh, there was very little, almost no material on them out there at the time. So I was writing to Rutgers University and uh, other places to Canada to try to find more information on the Sasquatch people. But I believe from the very beginning that they were a people and, and definitely not an animal. So up until 1979, uh, uh, though I was surprised with their psychic abilities and their involvement with E.T., I felt comfortable and safe interacting with them. And I wasn't surprised at all that they were a people other than that they were more evolved than, than what I had anticipated. You said in uh, some interviews, I've watched some of your videos and stuff that uh, you believe that there's um, many races of uh, Sasquatches. Is that true? Uh, yes, let's just say Sasquatch types. They told me uh, that there's seven different races of their people. Some, they said, were only three and four feet tall. Others were gigantic, way over 15 feet tall, and that there's different ones in between. So they told me this back in 1985 when I was living in Oregon at the time. Have you had any paranormal encounters before? And um, have you had any like medium or psychic in your lineage? I, I must say that I haven't had any paranormal experiences before that. Uh, I did see at age nine, along with my parents, my aunt, and my cousins, all of us saw the spaceship. This was back in the early 1950s. And it was in a daytime, and it was plain as day. I mean, in the sense of it was round and shiny and hovering there and in the daytime. So... I, we didn't, I never labeled that a paranormal experience, but uh, that was an experience that I had. I had two encounters with the Sasquatch when I was 14 and 15 years old, but I make believe it didn't happen because it happens in Western Massachusetts at the edge of the Berkshire Mountains. And my reading was that they were in Canada and in the Pacific Northwest. Of course, now they're all over the world. Uh, the Sasquatch themselves are 
in every state and they're all through North America, even in Mexico and Central America, South America, and so on. At that time, I had a limited amount of information about them. And so uh, I did have an experience. I had a, a witness with me at the time. The next experience I had was when I was living in England. I've lived all over the world. I climbed the highest mountain in Great Britain, Ben Nevis in the Scottish Highlands. And when I got to the top, I had an encounter with a Sasquatch that really surprised me and uh, uh, kind of shook me a little bit. I make believe it didn't happen because they're not in, in Scotland. But of course, they're in Ireland, they're in Scotland, they're in Wales, they're in England, uh, they're in Norway, they're in Sweden, they're in Denmark. Uh, so they're in different places all over the world. I didn't know that at the time. Now there's people uh, experiencing uh, the psychic Sasquatch in Scotland, and they have conferences there, and uh, they're talking to, to people. And that was their idea. Uh, uh, I said to them, uh, to prove that you're a human, that you, your group of people are really human, uh, we would need something from you. And uh, if maybe a one of your juveniles lost a tooth or one of your elderly lost a tooth, if you give me the tooth, I'll have it analyzed for DNA. And uh, that would prove that you're, you're human. And uh, it's interesting. They don't just say yes or no or whatever. Uh, they answered me this way. They said, uh, we know that you are not like the other researchers, that you have an open heart. This is not the direction we wish to go. This conversation is now ended. Now, they weren't rude or anything. They're just very direct. They already have their own plan of what they want to do. And so that didn't interest them at all. And I thought, gosh, this is great. This, I've got the answer to, you know, all this. But to them, it didn't mean anything. And they weren't interested at all. No. Kwani, um, in your book, you, you, tr you tr really try to uh, portray uh, the Sasquatch as gentle beings, um, spiritual beings. Uh, what are your thoughts on, you know, the reports where people say they've been attacked or you get rocks thrown at them? Uh, there, you know, have been unsubstantiated reports of people being killed by Sasquatch. Um, is this where the the different species or the different types of them come into play, or or are they just like us? Some are good, some are bad, some are benign. Well, there definitely is the good, bad, and the indifferent everywhere in the universe. I don't care what part of the universe you're from. The Sasquatch, if a group of people, let's just say hypothetically, and this has happened several times, uh, dozens of times, a group of guys who go out with guns in a Sasquatch area, pitch a tent, let's just say by a lake, uh, and uh, bring a case of beer or some, some booze with them, and, uh, and would be drinking and around the campfire. Well, if there's a Sasquatch in the area where he has his family, he might start throwing rocks to get you out of there. They can hit, they're very, very accurate. If they hit someone, you bust your ribs, or they could kill a person, but they don't hit people with it. They just scare them off, okay? So they just 
don't want their energy. Some people's energy, they cannot stand. They just can't tolerate it. And this is even though that person is just being themselves, if they have a negative energy and a low vibrational frequency, the Sasquatch don't want them in their area. So they will chase them out. The majority of the Sasquatch are friendly and peaceful. Now keep in mind, humans are the most violent beings that I know of. Many animals have gone extinct. Many are ready to go extinct because of how we view the environment, how disrespectful we are. This is something that the Sasquatch know. They've watched us harm our own family members by striking them or even killing them. They value their family very much. And so they're very uh, loving in that regard and very protective of family. And to see humans harming members of their own family and harming other humans is very discouraging to them. They don't like it. They know us better than we know ourselves. Though they, they've told me, this is we love your people uh, and send them unconditional love, but they're hard to tolerate because of their negative thinking. A lot of people say they were attacked when they really were not attacked, okay? It's just how you wanna view the situation. Back in 2011, I interviewed a man in down in Oregon when I was lecturing down there. He told me that he was attacked by a Sasquatch just outside of town, of outside of Roseburg, Oregon. I knew it wasn't true even before he even explained it to me. And I said, did he rip your arm off? Uh, did he slam you against a tree? Uh, what did he do? Because that's what they could easily do. He said, well, no. I said, well, tell me what happened. He said, well, I was in the garage working on my motorcycle and I noted in the daytime and I noticed a big shadow. And when I looked at the door that was open, the, the big door, there were a Sasquatch standing there looking at me. Two days went by and I was working on my motorcycle again and the same thing happened. And so I knew there were Sasquatch there on the property and he was renting this place in the country. So there's trails out back and one evening, he went for a walk on one of the trails after dinner because it's in the summertime. It's light out until about 930 there. So he's walking down the trail and the Sasquatch steps out and stands there and looks at him. Then the Sasquatch starts walking towards him. And then I said, well, what did you do? He said, well, he attacked me, so I ran. I said, no, wait a minute. You said he was walking towards you. Yeah, he was attacking me. I said, no, no, no. If he, he can catch you so easily they're so fast and i said he just didn't do anything but walk towards you that's not an attack well i thought it was it seemed like it i said no you're just fearful and i said in a way you just made that up that isn't true at all so if you're telling people you're attacked by sasquatch i said your perception is wrong i said i know you're not lying to me but the perception is wrong they don't attack people if uh, one really wanted to kill you, there's nothing you could probably do to, to avoid it. Because you said they're so fast. Absolutely and nothing. So, you'd be, no, you'd be toast. <laughs> Real quick. They could flip your car with one arm. You're that strong. You're that unbelievably strong. In my own experiences, I've seen uh, uh, you know bowling ball-sized rocks travel 60, 70 yards. And you know, the strongest men on earth can't even do that. 
and they've you know i've i've encountered uh, yep. the wood knocks and i've encountered the foot stomping and you know just the energy you know that the power that you would need to send reverberations through the forest over hundreds of yards by foot stomping takes a lot of power i want to comment uh, there are a group that's broke off from the sasquatch because they were giving too much information to humans and they didn't like that and they didn't agree with the elders and some of the decisions to contact us. Some of them were even annoyed with me, though I was a reciprocal of that information. But my books are popular because they're real. It's really happened. And there's some books on Sasquatch that the author just talks about how many mosquitoes were attacking him because mm-hmm. they've had zero experience with with the Sasquatch people. The mainstream researchers were surprised that I go out with no camera and no gun and completely by myself. That freaked them out because they go out in groups. They have cameras and guns and everything. But that's why I have experiences because I'm not threatening them. But now they consider me family. They talk to me and consider me family. And wherever I go, they're there. I'm on a plane. They're there. I'm traveling by car thousand miles away from here. Uh, they're in the car with me. Uh, they can do this interdimensionally. They follow me. They give me guidance. Uh, and they've even healed me several times and members of my family. Uh, there's a situation where my son, he was six or seven years old at the time. My wife was in the kitchen She had just boiled some water to make some tea, and it was in the evening. He walked into the kitchen, and right away, my wife said, oh, stay away from the the stove. It's hot. This burner right here is very hot. Him, bucking authority, walked over and put his hand right on that burner, and he was screaming. He just did it to defy my wife, but he, you know, he's just a kid. So he ran around the living room running in circles with skin falling off of his fingertips, screaming. I myself was almost in tears watching him uh, try to help him. And I finally uh, got a small Ziploc bag and put ice in it and finally sat him down and so he could put his hand uh, on the ice cubes. And that uh, gave him some relief right away. Well, it, it was very serious. And I told my wife, I said, well, First thing tomorrow morning, we'll take him to the doctors. He won't be going to school for a while. So we put antibiotic cream on it, wrapped it in bandages, and we sent him to bed. A couple hours later, when I went to bed, I telepathed to the Sasquatch people, and I asked them if they would heal him. So at least he wouldn't have the pain. So the next thing I remember, I fell asleep. And the next thing I remember is my wife saying, what are you doing out of bed? And I heard my son's voice say, oh, I'm getting ready for school. And she says, oh, no, you're not going to school. You're going to the doc. And that's as far as she got to say doctor. And she said, hey, where are the bandages on your hand? He says, oh, I took them off because there's nothing there anymore. And he starts whacking his fingertips with his other hand. And I quickly turned over in bed and said, don't do that. But when I looked, there was nothing there. There was nothing there. It was 100% completely healed, and he went to school that morning. The interesting part is that it's very difficult to get him up for school. You have to go in two or three times to get him up, and here he got up on his own. He was already dressed for school, 
and we haven't even got up yet. So uh, he was thrilled that there was no more pain and there was no more burns on his fingertips. So out of compassion, the Sasquatch people healed him. Uh, they've healed me. They've healed my wife. They've he healed several people. So very compassionate, very beautiful people. You're listening to Phantom Faction Podcast. To reach out to Phantom Faction, see our Facebook page or email us directly at phantomfaction@outlook.com. Um, as far as people going out and actually looking for Sasquatches, and they do have sightings, but why is it so hard to capture it? And now I know you don't use a camera or anything like that, um, but why are they so ca hard to capture? Is it because of their vibrational rate that we only get glimpses of them? No, it's because they can read your mind. And the, the Russian researchers know this. I know that they've told me that when they're studying a map in Moscow and they're going to travel a few hundred miles to this area where there's uh, almost there, which is the Sasquatch type in Russia, uh, by the time they get to this area where they want to do field research, farmers in the area told them that they were here. They could see why they were working in the fields. They could see the almost at the edge of the woods but they disappeared the day before the, these researchers arrived. So the researchers would stay a couple of two or three weeks, never experience anything. The day after they leave, uh, the almost are back walking around the fields and at the edge of the woods again. So they know what these researchers are doing. And so they can read them all the way several hundred miles away. When I get things set up, to go into the field. I'm studying a map. They already know. I, I talk to them directly. I don't, I've never met that particular clan of where I'm going, but I can talk to them in my house while I'm working on a map. They'll pick up and they know I'm going out there to where they're at. So this is some of their abilities. And now I have some of those abilities as well to find them anywhere. I don't care where they are on this planet. A woman in Seattle, Washington, asked me if I could find out where there were an almost that every year she goes to southern Siberia and she camps out and she has friends there that she visits. I told her where there was a portal by a lake and that they were there was a female almost there. This was 11,000 miles away. She went there the first night there. She was by herself. She was a 60-year-old woman. She was by herself. She camped out where I marked it on the map. And that very first night, a female almost ran right through the edge of her campsite while she was sitting around the fire. I've done this dozens and dozens of times. I go in peace. I sometimes bring them gifts. I don't lure them in with food. I don't need to. They already know I'm there. They already know who I am. And they know all about me. So uh, even if that group I've never met before, uh, when I was speaking in Hawaii, the group here made arrangements with the group uh, in, on the island of Kauai for me to interact with them there. There's 12 Sasquatch in Kauai, and they live up in the mountains, and they eat a lot of fresh fish in the streams and stuff there. When I went there, they 
told me where to go, where to camp and everything. And so I drove over there and camped out and uh, there they were the first night there. Now, I injured my back when I was 20 years old and it got worse through the years. And in 2005, uh, while I was scuba diving, my back gave out on me and I was in a lot of pain. So uh, I wasn't able to walk around the island very much. If I went 50 or 100 yards, my back would hurt so bad I couldn't do anything else. I had to stop and, and go back. The second night on the island of Kauai camping out, I telepathed to ETs asking if they would heal my back. Uh, I was just in too much pain. While I was telepathing, I blacked out and I woke up an hour later when I woke up an hour later, I was outside my sleeping bag and I was in a completely different position than I was before. And I was not inside of my sleeping bag. So I climbed back in and checked the time and one hour had gone by. But the interesting thing was I had no more pain at all. The next day I got up and I hiked three and a half miles up into the mountains, very steep mountains. And uh, I came back down, I was sweaty and hot. So I went swimming for an hour, things I could not do because of my bad back. But the ET somehow took me outside this, my sleeping bag and healed me, uh, uh, most likely aboard the ship, and then put me back down inside the tent, but not in, in my sleeping bag, just inside the tent. No matter where I go, they're there to help me. Why? Because I work for them and I work with them uh, doing projects and stuff and speaking for them as I'm doing now. So I help them, they help me. Again, they keep referring to me as family. In your book, you talk about Sasquatch and the ancient ones. What is the difference between the two? The Sasquatch people have a sagittal crest or a peaked head. Uh, some people refer to it even as a bullet head and they have the face of an ape even though they told me they have nothing to do with the apes. They are not a branch of the apes at all. They just happen to look like an ape. Plus, their arms are long all the way down to their knees. The ancient ones have a human face. They have a round head like us, and they don't have a sagittal crest. Plus, their arms are in proportion to their body the same as ours is. They don't have long arms down near their knees. Now, they told me that they were bioengineered by friendly ETs 200 million years ago. Now, later, they said the ETs bioengineered hairless giants and introduced them to our planet. Later, they bioengineered us, and, uh, but they took the DNA from the ancient ones and made humans, but they made smaller with no hair and we don't have all their abilities that they have. Uh, this is what they told me. Some people believe that and had believed it previously that the Sasquatch were brought here and, uh, and that you know we were somehow genetically engineered. And so it appears to be true. The Sasquatch has never lied to me. So I'm, I rather believe them than some of these theories that uh, scientists make up. They're just theories. But for some of them, their theories end up to be true. That is, they think it's true, whether it's true or not. 
to say that we came from Lucy, this bipedal hominid from Ethiopia. No, I don't believe that we came from monkeys or apes, and we are not evolved from a three and a half million year old uh, uh, hominid. So people can believe whatever they want to, but uh, I have a tendency to believe the Sasquatch more than I do uh, humans. They've shared a lot of information with me, and they're wonderful. They've been wonderful to me. There is a situation that I'd like to clear up. There are people becoming missing, missing 411. And uh, the work done by David Politis, I think he's done an excellent job in gathering information. Some of his people who work with him have said that the Sasquatch is doing this. From what I understand and from what I'm being told, there are also some evil ETs on this planet. There are, the Sasquatch told me that there are ET bases in the ocean floor. Some are in the, in the Great Lakes and other lakes uh, in Russia. It's probably the deep, most deep water lake in the world or one of the deepest. Uh, they've seen ETs uh, swimming in the water that were giants, different looking. They've been here for millions of years. The ET phenomena is nothing new at all, absolutely nothing new. They've had bases here for millions and millions of years, and they've come and gone. How, how do they get here if, if some of them came from 50 or 150 light years away? How could they ever get here? They do by jump through portals. There are aquatic portals, there are terrestrial portals, and there are extraterrestrial portals, they told me. And the extraterrestrial ones, they can go from one side of the universe to the other. It may only take one or two hours dimension hopping through these portals. That way they can get here and cover great distances in just a very short period of time. These ETs, the evil ones that are here, have captured a Sasquatch. Then they took the DNA from that captured Sasquatch and they mixed it with other beings from other planets and put together a Sasquatch type being that's vicious and that's a cannibal. They eat people. They're not a, a Sasquatch and they're not an ancient one, even though there are some ancient ones and some Sasquatch that disagree with their elders and have broken off and stay away from people and that would chase humans out of different areas. These are not the beings I'm describing. For example, many of these national parks, people have become missing. It is because of these truly monsters. They're monstrous beings that at a distance remind a person of a Sasquatch if you saw one because they'd taken on the Sasquatch body because they were genetically engineered that way. They were dropped off here to confuse people deliberately because they want to help the humans. They want to help us that we have taken on a totally different philosophy uh, than what we used to. And we are uh, destroying the planet now. The planet is dying and the Sasquatch are upset with us. Some of these Sasquatch have driven people off because they don't, they're angry with the humans. But the evil ETs have put together this evil, hairy monster of a being. I don't know what to call it, but that's, they're the ones that have been killing people and eating them and where people disappear and where they can dematerialize and take that person with them. And that's why they find them, you know, nine or 10 miles away with no shoes or boots and even some little children 
that disappeared? How could they go that far? These are beings that the evil ETs have put out there to scare people away so they stay away from the Sasquatch people. So they will be blamed for the missing people. And so this is what the Sasquatch said. There's several of them been released all over the planet. And of course, there's plenty of people to feed on. This planet's overpopulated right now. People in the summertime hike the national parks. So there's plenty of food for these beings to just pick and choose and help themselves. It's a sad situation, but this is what it's evolved into. Duwani, uh, one last question before we wrap things up here. Uh, and I, you do talk about it in your, your book, The Sasquatch People. I'm sure, as you know, as we all probably figure, that uh, there are different factions uh, of the governments around the world that know about the Sasquatch and these other creatures, these other cryptids. What would be their purpose of uh, oppressing or suppressing the information and not wanting people to, to find out about their actual existence? It's because of the Bigfoot UFO connection that the friendlier we are with the Sasquatch people and the ancient ones, the more they're going to openly discuss it as they've done with me and they've done this with other people too, that they're connected to the Alliance. They're one of the, just because they have hair and they're giants and just because they look monstrous, uh, it doesn't mean that they are. And of course they're not. The government knows also that there's enough friendly ETs that they would help us uh, in any situation. Our government, from what I understand, feels that we're uh, the population of the planets and many other leaders feel that there's too many people on and there's resources in time. They'll use up all the resources and then it'd be a struggle for food. So uh, I think that the powers that be here on this planet want to reduce the population. They don't want the ETs or the Sasquatch people to help the humans in any way whatsoever. The Sasquatch want to help us. They want to interact with the humans. They actually want to, but those people looking to interact with the Sasquatch carry guns and cameras. And if you get a good picture, a close-up of a Sasquatch, uh, then people who don't believe in them will believe in them and they'll get a gun and go out uh, and want to uh, shoot a Sasquatch and then sell it for $10 million or something. So that's why they don't want their picture taken. These are, these are the reasons. They want to help us as long as you're of a higher vibrational frequency. The Sasquatch emphasize the importance of meditation and the importance of prayer. They said prayer is talking to God. Meditation is quieting the mind and listening to God or listening to the universe. So this is how we evolve, apparently. And they want us to meditate more and to pray for world peace, to be able to connect with them. They want people to connect with them, but not those with the guns or those with low vibrations uh, who are not very nice people. So this is why they go by vibration, a person's vibration. They can find me anywhere based on my vibration. It's like a fingerprint. So how they do it, I don't know, but they do it. I could disappear into the Amazon and live in a little village with native people there, and they'd still be able to find me. This is their abilities and what they can do. Where can uh, people find out more information about you and your books? And uh, I know you have a website as well. Can you tell us a bit about that? 
Yes, uh, uh, my uh, two books can be purchased at my website, which is sasquatchpeople.com, sasquatchpeople.com. And the two books are The Psychic Sasquatch and Their UFO Connection. The second book is The Sasquatch People and Their Interdimensional Connection. I may be having a conference this year. Uh, I'm not sure uh, because of the COVID-19, but I'm still looking into it to, to have uh, another conference uh, here in Eastern Washington State. If anyone has any questions or want me to help them to find Sasquatch in their area, my phone number is 509-590-0415. That's 509-590-0415. Thank you for having me. And uh, as they say in Star Wars, may the Sasquatch be with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, sir, thank you so much for being on. Uh, I, I was really looking forward to uh, having you. Uh, I've got a million other questions, so maybe I can have you back on. And uh, until then, take care and say hello to the Sasquatch Forest and let them know if, if there's any in southwestern Ontario, they can, they can come be on the podcast. Well, you said hello to them directly because they're right here and uh, listening in. Awesome. Like they always are. And... <laughs> thank you very much. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks again. Okay. Thank you for having me. Phantom Faction Podcast, a podcast to educate, entertain, assist, and guide anyone involved or interested in the paranormal. To reach out to Phantom Faction, see our Facebook page or email us directly at phantomfaction at outlook.com. 